Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hello again, everyone, and welcome in to the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Mike Evans. Great to have you with us for another week, a week in which the Avalanche saw their record home winning streak end. Did get a point out of it, but it looked like they would never lose again at home. We certainly didn't think they'd lose to the Arizona Coyotes, but uh, the streak did end, but still one of the top five longest home winning streaks of all time. And... Terrific hockey, just unbelievable hockey, record-setting hockey in the month of uh, January. And now we turn our attention to the All-Star break and what happens after that. And along those lines, during our morning show, myself and Mark Schlereth, we had a chance to talk to our Avalanche insider, Adrian Dater, with ColoradoHockeyNow.com, and asked him his thoughts on this Avalanche team as they go into the break and what he sees happening the second part of the season. Our Avalanche insider, Adrian Dater, joins us courtesy of Bud Light, an official beer sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche. And Adrian, good morning. We knew the Avalanche home winning streak was going to end at some point, but kind of a downer that it happened against the Arizona Coyotes? Well, yeah, but... Listen, it wasn't going to last forever. Like you said, it was a tough game to get up for. Last game for the All-Star break. And, Mike, they didn't lose outright. They get a point. So, I'm going to take the optimist tack here. The home un- the home point streak extended to 19 games of that win. Let's do that. Let's be optimistic. Yeah, the home uh, point streak. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the kissing your sister streak. That's good. Good good for them. <laughs> hey, after this all-star break, what are two or three of the storylines that uh, we should be following in, in regards to this Avalanche team? Well, listen, they're 32-8-4. They've got the best winning percentage in the league. Florida has one more point than they do, but the Avs have three more games, three fewer games played than Florida. So uh, they're, they're the top team in the league. they the questions moving forward uh, are still going to be what we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, you know, are are they comfortable enough with Kemper and Francois in net? And if, if so, who's going to be the playoff starter? That's one. Uh, trade deadline talk, you know, it's still like 45 days away, the trade deadline. It's not imminent, but uh, everybody wants to talk trade. So are the Avs going to need to get another defenseman if Bo Byram can't play? Uh, this season, or if he's not going to play, uh, will they do that, or will they focus more on getting maybe another top forward for up front for the playoff push? There's a couple storylines here we'll have to follow. Visit with Adrian Dater. You know, you look at Darcy Kemper, and at first glance, you know, here's somebody who's 21, 5, and 2. You know, he's the he's the main goaltender uh, for, you know, the best team in hockey. So why would this team be considering looking for an upgrade in goal? Well, some of the same questions that, you know, people ask about uh, Kemper and Francois, people were asking last year about uh, Philip Grubauer. You know, people around the league I'm talking about, uh, insiders around the league, guys I talk to, coaches, ex-coaches, stuff like that. Um, you know, people worried, people thought that the Avs weren't good enough last year, and uh, 
Uh, they did lose to uh, to Vegas in the second round, and Grubauer wasn't really that very good in the last two games. Uh, he was great the rest of the way in the season, but he uh, he faltered some in those final two games. They had lost the series. Uh, there aren't a lot of goalies on the market, of course. Mark Andre Fleury is the guy that everybody sort of looks to and says, "Do they should the Avs go get him? Should the Avs make an offer? Should the Avs try to get this guy who's, who's won three Stanley Cups?" Uh, I think that's just a fair question, but I also think that I don't think the Avs need to push the panic button on a goalie at all, and I think I think we need to see some more time go by. Let's see what's around by the deadline, and then uh, you know um, the Avs have two goalies, but. There are going to be people saying, "Look, you got to get a flurry. You got to get a guy who's going to close the deal." Well, Vegas moved on from Mark Andre Flurry. Why'd they do that? Yeah, well, I've been saying that too. I, I, I'm not someone who says they got to go get Flurry. I mean, Flurry didn't even play in Game Seven of right. the series last year for Vegas. He was benched. Robin Leonard played. Um, I know I'm the same way, but you know, he also won a Vezina Trophy last year. <laughs> so you can argue this either way. Goalie situations are always tough. Like I said, I usually like to make my goalie decisions closer to the deadline. Um, Frankie, Frankie's first might be the playoff starter. He's been great. You know, he looks great again. But, yeah, hasn't played a lot, though, so that's the issue, too. Kemper, a lot of, a lot of people still privately worried about Kemper. Um, you know, just, just those little things. Why does he always seem to let a big goal in sometimes at the end of games? That goal against Arizona the other night was... was something critics didn't look to. I frankly think he's a good goalie, but uh, have we been overwhelmed by Kemper? You know, anybody want to say yes on that? No, I don't think so. And I think that's why the question exists. Hey, let me ask you this. You know, both number one season, the NFL playoffs gets bounced or get bounced in their first game. And I always worry about that with rust. What about this team going into an all-star break, 19 straight, uh, 19 straight points at home. As we established earlier in the interview, do you ever worry about about a break hurting a team, or do you think it helps this team? No, I think this break's going to be good for the team. Um, this team, I think, was getting uh, a little fatigued mentally, maybe with the streak and and just the talk about thing, you know. And they played a lot of hockey, so I think this break's going to be good. I also think uh, there's a very good chance Nathan McKinnon comes back first game after the break, which would be February 10th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It should be a pretty exciting night if that happens. It's going to be a good game either way. But, uh, no, I don't think the break hurts. Uh, I think it will help. And, you know, other teams have got the same kind of break, so they all come out sort of on the same, uh, you know, same conditions coming out of the break. You mentioned the trade deadline, something to alert everybody to. The late trade deadline isn't until March 21st. Yeah. And considering that the season, the regular season, ends Friday, April 29th, I, I like that. I like having the trade deadline that deep into the season so you can truly get a sense of what you have or don't have, and uh, especially talking about the goaltending situation. Adrian, as always, appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy your All-Star break. Yeah. Thanks, gentlemen. Talk to you later. All right. Adrian Dater, our Avalanche insider, joining us courtesy of Bud Light, an official beer sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche. There he is, Adrian Dater from ColoradoHockeyNow.com, one of our Avalanche insiders here at Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Just kind of reacting to some of the things he had to say about Darcy Kemper. And and it is it is out there, isn't it? Is, is it? And let me ask you as the Avalanche fan, do you feel... Completely confident in Darcy Kemper. 
do you believe that Darcy Kemper is the guy to carry the avalanche through four rounds to win a Stanley Cup? And I, I would ask you, if you say yes, what are you basing it on? And when he brought up Philip Grubauer, I found myself nodding my head because there's just so many similarities between Kemper and Grubauer. Grubauer was somebody who uh, wasn't really given the chance to be the man in, in Washington, and the sense was get him to a team like the Avalanche, really good players around him, and he's going to show that he's capable of being a great goaltender, a real workhorse number one goaltender. Well, didn't work out that way, so much so that the Avalanche were prepared to move on. Now here comes Darcy Kemper, who has, uh, co- comparatively speaking, uh, as thin uh, a resume as as Gruby had. So you you really that, that's the thing about about Darcy Kemper. You won't know. We won't know until we know, right? I mean, we can sit here and say, "I believe this guy's got what it takes to be able to be a Stanley Cup winning goaltender." But we really won't know until he goes through it. And that's kind of scary, right? Because we think he can do it, but we're not sure. How much does this team need to have a goalie where you can point to it and say, there, on his resume, he's done it. He's taken a team to a cup. He's won a cup. How important is it to you as an Avalanche fan, to have that kind of presence in goal. Whether it be a Marc-Andre Fleury, whether it be a Carey Price type, how important is it? Or are you confident that you've seen enough from Darcy Kemper to believe that given the chance, come playoff time, all he asks for, all he needs is a chance. He just hasn't been given that chance before. Are you confident he can do it? Am I? Uh, as I sit here right now, I can't give you a definitive answer. Because he has never done it, then I am skeptical about his ability to do it. I was skeptical about Philip Grubauer. And unfortunately, I was proven right. So I sort of harbor some of those same feelings when it comes to Kemper. Boy, I hope I'm proven wrong. But to Adrian's point, who else is really out there that you can go trade for that will give you that assurance if you're an Avalanche fan, if you're Joe Sackick? Really, there isn't anybody. So we ride with Darcy Kemper or even maybe Pavel Francouz. That's that's something to watch. But it is, it is a little bit unsettling, isn't it, that we saw a great Avalanche team last year. I don't want to put all this on Philip Grubauer. I'm not doing that by any means. But he was a big part of it why they fell short in that second round against Vegas. And, and and you look again at this team and how stacked they appear to be and how much of a Stanley Cup favorite they're going to be, there is still that nagging doubt. Can they get the goaltending to get it done? Now, the other thing that Adrian mentioned, he mentioned the trade deadline. And I'm, I'm a huge fan, by the way, that the trade deadline is that late. I, I You know, you contrast that with the NBA. Their trade deadline's coming up next week. Uh, was still... A good, solid two months left in the season, at least here. I, I like the idea of the later trade deadline. Give yourself as much opportunity as a team to see what you've got or don't have. Be able to play out as much of the season as you can 
so that, you know, maybe you got a sense of, of injuries, who's hurt, who's going to be coming back, and, and be able to go really right up almost until the end before you address what you need to be able to make a, a run during the playoffs. So I like the fact that it's a late trade deadline. I wish the NBA would take and follow suit, but they're not. But good for the NHL. We're talking hockey right now. And so as the as you look at the avalanche, hey, I subscribe to the old Pierre Lacroix way of doing things. I don't care how stacked your team is. I don't, I don't care how loaded you are. I don't care how prohibitive of a Stanley Cup favorite you look to be. You could always add something. There is always something more to add. You are never perfect. You are never complete. You can go out and add uh, another defenseman. You can go out and add uh, another depth forward. Uh, you can go out and add somebody that's going to be able to do some real good, um, you know, dirty hard work during the playoffs as a fourth line guy when called upon for, you know, a handful of shifts. You can always find somebody. So it'll be curious to see what Joe Sackick uh, has in mind and, and what kind of additions he wants to make to this team. Uh, because while they look pretty close to perfect, they're not perfect. You can always add. And the other thing, too, I've always thought in, in being able to cover those great Avalanche teams back during their Stanley Cup run was that you're not only just adding a player, but it is a long season. These guys go through the grind. They're around each other all the time. And when you can make the kind of trade where you bring in a, a significant player or players, uh, somebody that everybody knows, it really does serve to energize and revitalize that locker room. And it, it shows all the guys in the room, hey, management really likes us. Management thinks we can do something special. Look at how they're going to help us out. But it gives the room a boost. You're, you're bringing in a new personality, a dynamic personality, uh, somebody that I remember when the Avalanche added Ray Bork. I mean, you had guys who were proven players in this league, all-stars, future Hall of Famers, who were in awe of him, who looked up to him and couldn't believe that he was now one of their teammates. It, it, it serves many purposes when you make a deal like that, even for a team that is stacked as the Avalanche. Some other storylines to watch in the second half of the season. Nazem Kadri. Do the Avalanche approach Cadre with a contract extension? Boy, what a what an interesting debate that is because he's having a great season. He certainly earned it, but you got to be careful, right? You're talking about somebody who, if you start talking four year, five year type contracts, you're you're taking a guy into his mid to upper thirties, and while a deal like that probably ages real well, looks real good in, in year one or two, do you run the risk at the tail end of that deal that he, he no longer can perform to what you're paying him? And now you're kind of stuck with a player like that. He's got a bloated contract that's taken up a spot on your roster, a roster that you've done such a good job of being able to add youthful uh, elements to, players that uh, can come in and take the place of an aging veteran and now get their chance and now prosper. Are you blocking a player like that, especially for an avalanche team that has proven to be able to be so good at uh, creating and developing uh, new talent coming up through the pipeline? So what do you do there? Kadri is an interesting one. Certainly, if you could get him to do a three-year deal, you know, hey, let's do a three-year deal. If, he, if he's a, a, amenable to that, I would do it, but if he's smart and he continues to have the kind of year he has, he can he he sh- should because he probably would. I mean, there's there's always somebody out there 
you know, desperate to, to overpay to, to try to be able to make a splash, probably be able to get a four or five year deal. If it starts to get into those kind of numbers, then I think if you're Joe Sackett, you got to do a hard pass and, and move on um, despite how well he is, he is playing. So it is a, a fun, fun time to be an avalanche fan. Uh, we, we sit back, we relax, we enjoy the all-star game. I'll be honest with you, I just can't watch the All-Star game. I know uh, this is a hockey podcast. We're all hockey fans. I just, look, the only All-Star game I can get behind is the baseball All-Star game. That's it. That's it. I I just, at least I'm consistent. Uh, NBA, NHL, NFL, I've I've got no interest in their All-Star game. Skill competitions, I've always liked the skill competitions. That's something I enjoy watching, but uh the All-Star Game and all the formats and uh, no, sorry, but um, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, enjoy the All-Star Weekend. Uh, the Avalanche getting to break. They come back and they'll get right away. They jump right into it with a game against the um, two-time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Talk about uh, you know that's one of those ones where I'll just I'll just kind of preview that one right away. I don't like that. You know that that's the kind of matchup that I want both teams to sort of be in a, a rhythm again, a rhythm again for the second half of the season. Before they match up, both of them coming off long layoffs. Eh, eh, I don't know if that's ideal as a a, a hockey fan, but uh, the Avalanche playing exceptional hockey and enjoy the rest of this regular season run. Uh, It'll probably end up once again with another president's trophy. The Avalanche will be the number one team in the NHL and uh, they will go into the playoffs once again, considered the team to beat. Hopefully, hopefully this time it'll be different. You know what? My gut tells me it will be different. I think this team learned a very painful lesson uh, with what happened last year. I think they were shocked by it, embarrassed by it, but definitely steeled by it. And I think that uh, this is a team that is going to be much more difficult to knock out, much more formidable. Uh, I I love love their chances. Uh, I, I put it this way. I absolutely, how about this one? Ready? Mark this one. Mark it down, everyone. I absolutely guarantee you they will get past the second round. How about that? Huh? How's that, how's that for, a, for a big proclamation? All right? Ride that to the bank. They will absolutely get past the second round this year. That's as, that's as far as I'm willing to go right now. All right. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to uh, Millennial Ben for putting this all together. Thank you for Adrian Dater for appearing on the uh, Schleier Thet Evans show. Uh, giving you a chance to hear uh, some of his great expertise. Make sure you check out his outstanding coverage of the Avalanche home and away all season long at coloradohockeynow.com. That'll do it for the Mile High Hockey Podcast. We'll see you again next week.